0: Burns Show. I'm your host, Tim Burns, the common man with common sense and an uncommon desire to know the truth. What do we do here? A little politics, little current events. We pay attention to America. We cover the business world and we veer into the facts of science and the fact of God. I try and make this the power-packed hour in talk radio, I try and get a lot of pieces of the puzzle on the table and give you something. I also like to look for things that aren't being talked about. That extra piece of puzzle, an extra perspective. And I'll give you my perspective and analysis also. Well, we talked about, there's some more immigrant news, but we talked about this yesterday. The fact that the Obama administration is giving us statistics and saying whatever they want, and there's no accountability from, well, The entity, the fourth estate, the free press that is no longer a free press in this country. It is just touting or ignoring whatever it wants to, to be alongside those political outcomes that it believes in. That's not their job. Their job is to educate we the people. Their job is to be that go-between. Their job is to expose the corruption in government. Their job should be... To be all over Hillary Clinton in this regard, holding her to account, pressing her—that doesn't go on whatsoever. Why? Because, well, just like the establishment, the establishment Republicans, it's always about the next in line. Well, Hillary is the next in line. That's why nobody stepped up to the pump. Well, there is a lot of action going on regarding that. Guess who announced he might run? That's right, Al Gore and of course Biden came out he is thinking about just one term and they're setting up some preliminary look at uh, at the early states to see how it pans out one term is that a promise or a threat joe biden well again these statistics belie the facts that are going down in the down on the border they've got Catch and release that's being counted as deportation. So Obama gets out there and says deportations are at an all-time high and we're really doing our job at the border. They tell us the borders are more secure, less people are coming in. But on the ground, we see, as in this one, uh, I reported this center in Rio Grande, threefold increase. 1.7 million new people cross the border, illegals cross the border in one year. So everything... That the job of the deadhead media should be is, well, obviously lacking. We've got some more headlines in that vein. Here's Loretta Lynch, the new attorney general for the United States of America. I guess now she has her emphasis to try and tackle this problem. So she's going after, guess who? Sheriff Joe Arpaio down there in Arizona. I mean, with everything that's going on, with all of the sanctuary city crimes that are going on, with all of the obvious criminals and illegals that have committed these crimes that are worthy of immediate, if not sooner, deportation. What's the attorney general and her focus? An American citizen, somebody who's trying to protect his territory down there in arizona and it's a nightmare down there another article about an illegal arrested for extremely violent triple homicide and again these stories could come over and over and over to us again and again if they really wanted to make a profound impression to the american people in fact there here is uh Top chairman, this is a brand new article that just hit, how many Americans must die at the hand of criminal immigrants. Is
1: on now. It's the perfect time well, to get an amazing deal on your favorite I must box. have a, I an, have an ad here
0: So let's see, which one? I'm just going to x. Ex- I've got a whole bunch of headlines just on web pages. Did that disappear now? All right. Still playing. Excuse me, people. Let's clear our deck here. Still playing? Okay. <laughs> all right. So we got that clear. We live in a world of mobile um, technology. <laughs> I'm just gonna X out of all these pages here and get us back to square zero. Anyway, um, here's a another well, as this top chairman said, are we still are we clear now, Tebow? Okay, good. All right. Well, the it must have been it must have been the deadhead media telling me I didn't want to actually report this story by a top chairman in either Senate or the House. He's saying how many Americans and this is just a logical question to ask. How many Americans must die? Well, I think there's been plenty already that have. The question becomes is when are we going to get the reporting of this if the deadhead media really cared about this issue? really cared about protecting American citizens from the criminal activity that illegals are causing in this country, they'd be giving us this information until we, were, until we were fed up and we were lined up in Washington, D.C., knocking on our representatives or senators' doors and saying, enough is enough. We've got to tell." well enough is enough. But when you don't hear about it, when you don't hear the tree falling in the forest, then it did it fall. Well, we've got a a, a couple of more here. Schools are adding classes completely in Spanish. And North Dakota is to receive hundreds of refugees, not just from Central and uh, South America, but from Bhutan, Iraq, Somalia, and Congo. The locals in North Dakota say, no, not in our backyard. They're signing a petition against this happening. And an audit says that Obamacare did not verify citizen status. So in other words, it just disappeared. How many illegals are actually under Obamacare? Well, as many as Obama can get. Why? Well, if they're signed up for Obamacare, I'm sure they also have a Social Security number and a license, which means they are prime time voting material for the democrat party here's a headline that just popped up iran you know this whole iran deal what are they teaching to their children well they've created a video game it teaches military strikes on israel it shows how the destruction of israel can take place on now who is a video game for is it for the leaders is it for the supreme leader you think he's in a back room playing video games, testing his skill against how to destroy Israel? No, this is for the kids. This is for implanting in their mind one thought and a first thought only. That the goal of Iran is to destroy Israel. And here, I i told you about yesterday, whether this deal goes through or not, they're going to get money. That just, that is beyond the pale regarding the United States negotiating with an adversary of taking the upper hand in those negotiations, of saying, and we had the sanctions in place. We had them begging us to come to the table. And once we got to the table, we gave them whatever they wanted. They are not stopping. They're showing no signs of paying a little due respect to the fact that Wow, we really appreciate you, United States, giving us, well, everything we wanted. And basically, you not getting anything that you wanted. We really appreciate that, U.S. Got another deal for us? All right, so we've got uh, those things out of the way as far as, oh, well, this kind of goes alongside that. Did you see the break (laughs) on every channel, on every, even the, the business channel, CNBC? The flag raising down in Cuba. Well, I didn't get to this article yesterday. Fidel Castro marked his 89th birthday yesterday by insisting that the United States pays millions of dollars to Cuba because of the half-century-old American trade embargo. President Barack Obama wants Congress to lift that Many Republicans who, bo- who control both chambers of the legislature oppose the idea, insisting Cuba has to improve its human rights record and make other democratic reforms. Well, that's not going to happen. They haven't changed their tune whatsoever. Hey, they're going to start making money. Who? The people of Cuba? Of course not. Because all that money has to be cycled through where? The state. Why? Why? because the state runs the show down in Cuba. Do you think any kind of American vacation dollar American tourist dollar is going to actually help lift the rising boat of the Cuban population? You are seriously kidding yourself uh, Cuba it's it, Cuba is owed compensation. <laughs> this is a good excuse for having to pay. Cuba is owed compensation equivalent to damages, which total many millions of dollars, as our country has stated with irrefutable arguments and data in all of its speeches at the United Nations. Okay, so that apparently is where you put out your evidence. And what is the evidence? The actual speeches saying, we want money. <laughs> it's just, I tell you, again, take the UN and move them out of this country immediately, if not sooner. You cannot have representative of one country who guarantees nothing to its citizens regarding any kind of rights sitting across the table in equal status of a representative of the United States where, in theory, I mean, we're, we're kind of getting away from What our foundation is in this country, because the more we actually give control to the federal government, the more money we give to them, the more their decisions are made, as opposed to having that landscape of freedom in this country where we can be. We can't be all we can be right now. And this goes alongside with the uh, federal taxes hitting a record again. So let's see. uh, One more story I wanted to get to was. Uh, a Washington, D.C., let's see. A Washington, D.C. Court of Appeals is set to hear arguments this year on new net neutrality rules. You know, think about this. It's a five-person panel. There's three Democrats and two Republicans on it. They are truly attempting to take over the Internet and control of it and dictate the rules of it. Arguments this year on net neutrality rules, which critics say could lead to governmental regulations, regulators, censoring websites such as Drudge and Fox. Gee, how come they're not evaluating every kind of website? I don't see MSNBC or Slate or uh, uh, The Nation or any of these left wing websites being talked about that they need to be evaluated. They need to be regulated. They need to be censored. Aren't there outrageous stories on those left-wing websites? Well, yeah, but that doesn't matter because it's about creating an outcome where only one side gets heard. And what is that side? It's the side that says the state knows what's best. We the people, they don't care about us. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit Court will hear orgu- oral arguments against the FCC on December 4th. A panoply of amicus briefs filed with the court last week offer a preview of the arguments. The, federal, the FCC stated that broadband providers do not have a right of free speech. Nobody has a right of free speech, apparently especially if you're on the wrong side of a political opinion. So now they get to dictate right from the beginning of the where the news gets cycled out, right from the source, right from the spigot where it's turned on. Instead of it going through the hose and being censored out at the end, it gets to be censored right at the beginning. Broadband providers are conduits, not speakers. The rules we adopt today are tailored to the important government interest in maintaining an open interest as a platform for expression. The majority held in its 3-2 vote. It's not a 3-2 vote. It's a one-person vote. And the guy, what's his name? Tom uh, Wheeler, I believe, is the commissioner. This guy was deep as far as his communications and his taking the outcomes that the Obama administration desired. I don't know if we have price hikes going on yet, but $6 a month on cell phones is already going to be incorporated. Has that hit yet? Another one of these, where are we ever going to get the ability to become a prosperous nation again? If every time any kind of uptick in prosperity happens, boom, another fee, another surcharge, another, well, it's going to cost you just a little bit to have us maintain the dignity of whatever we want to control as a federal government, because we do things so well, don't we? Again, federal government has never created a better mousetrap, period, period end of story all right so what we're going to do here is take a break on the tim burns show on 810 klvz For nominal exhibit services. You know, big business is done at these conventions, and if you are the responsible party your company for making those exhibits work right on the convention floor and it seems that it's nothing but hassles and headaches and nightmares, that the logistics just aren't working, I encourage you to make a phone call to nominal exhibit services. They're the one place that starts and ends the process. They take you from point A to point B, and they will free up the most important thing you need, time to do business at these conventions. So call them, 303-901-9090.
1: Hey John, what's up? Hey Dave. Remember Hank's story about the key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time? Yeah. You were right. JT Jewelry does have some really cool stuff, so I did what Hank did. Got Amy two pieces of jewelry, and she loved them. And that special touch of going together to the jewelry store to get her pendant just the way she wanted it worked like a charm. Next time you see Hank, tell him thanks. I will, but let me tell you another story. I saw Bill, and he looked like a truck had run him over. I asked him what was wrong and he said he went to a bunch of other jewelry stores looking to get a gift for Gian, and they had all the same stuff and it was nothing but bling by all the same designers. He stepped up to the pump, spent a pretty good penny, and gave it to her, and she loved it. So he was a hero. Yep, but only until they went to a wedding reception a few days later. As people were introducing themselves, a lady came up and they both noticed they were wearing the exact same pendant. Youch! Yep, he's been in the doghouse ever since. I'm gonna guess you told him about jt-jewelry.com. Yes, I did.
0: All right, welcome back here on this Friday, last show of the week on The Tim Burns Show. And don't forget to visit timburnshow.com. Again, I'm a niche. I got a lot of good reference points, statistics. We've got uh, an article talking about, I just pulled the headline, oil is at a a six-and-a-half-year low, and I'll get to that right after. I want to talk about this kind of goes alongside the immigration, although, or the illegal immigration, the wide-open borders. Although, in this article, I read through the whole article. It was a pretty long article. In fact, it was 16 pages long and not one mention of a potential that it could be a result of the onslaught of illegals coming into this country and bringing, well, bringing their native, let's call it native bacteria and germs along with them. Can America cope with a resurgence of tropical disease. There was not one mention that this resurgence, all of these new diseases. And I think we heard some stories over the last month or two. If you were paying attention to any of the deadhead media out there, I don't think you heard it anywhere on the big three, but here, after 16 pages and no mention whatsoever that the cause might be people coming in carrying these diseases, what is their bottom line in this 16 pages? Economists. Now they're, go- they're going to economists. You think they would might go down to Atlanta to the uh, uh, S- Center for Disease Control, maybe actually get some opinion from some people in. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they actually interviewed somebody down there and didn't like the answers because they had an outcome of 16 pages of print. They had an outcome of what they wanted to leave you with after you got done reading all of it. Economists, here here are the experts. They're going to tell you why there's this resurgence of tropical diseases. Now, does that make any sense... I'm surprised I didn't hear it on CNBC. I'm surprised I didn't see them interviewing somebody on the business channel regarding this. Just to make sure we have it in our heads that this is the reason. Hey, America, this is the reason and the only reason. Economists believe that a combination of low-paying jobs, inadequate social safety nets, and systematic racism all contribute. tropical diseases while disease as well as being a consequence of inequality my goodness george orwell once again would be he would be flummoxed and scratching his head to hear the kind of outcomes that are desired the kinds of reasons that are put on some of the problems we have might also turn out to be a significant factor. Inequality. Well, what's the next step then for a government such as Obama would like to just take all the money and give everybody equal portions? That'll solve it. In fact, I would think that that would probably, just getting that check, that equal check, just the, uh, the, the, the karma of it would all of a sudden have miraculous disease, you know, miracles happening, diseases disappear, the guy on his deathbed, because we all of a sudden have a redistribution plan that gives everybody an equal amount of money. Safety nets, social inadequate social safety nets and systematic racism are the cause. I mean, is that about the most absurd thing you've heard? When I read that paragraph, and that's the only paragraph I pulled, because all the rest of it was a bunch of gobbledygook somehow trying to justify these reasons for the uptick in tropical disease. That doesn't take anything more than a sixth-grade education and a little common sense to understand why there's an uptick in tropical diseases. All right, let's do that uh, oil, because I had some things I wanted to say. And let's see where, it was just the, uh, it was just oil price hits six and a half year, the lowest level in six and a half years. Now, we all fill up on gas. I just filled up on some gas yesterday. I filled up on gas Monday. And yesterday, I paid 16 cents more a gallon. And I am scratching my head because I've been paying attention to, Crude oil and gasoline prices for the longest of time. It is a business-related item. It's one of the things that pops up, WTI, on the boxes that go by you on CNBC, showing you what oil is trading at. Oil, and I'm looking at timbernshow.com and the oil chart right here, $42.13. Now, in three, two to three months... We have had oil go from just around 60 down to 42, maybe four or five months. That is a, well, 18 into 60, 20 into 60, That's a 33% drop. And yet what has the price of gas been doing? And I have, again, I've paid attention to this for such a long time that they always trade in tandem. It's like bonds. If the bond the principle of the bond is worth this based on this interest rate. If interest rates go up, the value of that bond goes down. That's just a 1 plus 1 equals 2. Well, most of the time, 1 plus 1 equals 2 regarding if the price of oil is dropping by a certain percent, the price of gas is dropping a little bit lag time, but it's always dropping. We haven't seen that drop. And so I have no idea what the reason is, but one basic I think might be is that they are, well, they're taking advantage of the price of gasoline and keeping it up there because they're, they're not making money either trading oil or it's costing them more to produce. There's not as much markup in oil, even though oil prices are $42 a barrel. Last time we were $42 a barrel. We were at a buck fifty a gallon. In fact, I was paying a buck thirty-nine a gallon, then a buck fifty-nine for a whole year between a buck thirty-nine and a buck seventy. We saw when it dropped to forty-five the last time. We were paying what? I was paying a dollar seventy-five. I think I paid a dollar sixty-nine one time, just within the last year, year or two. And yet we're not seeing Gasoline prices follow the downturn in oil prices. The only common man thought I can have about this is that they're just just—they're not making as much money in one area, so they're making up for it by keeping the price of gas and making more markup in the price of gas. That's the only thing I can think about. I mean, $2.81 is what I filled up for yesterday. That is literally a dollar higher than it really should be. At some point, and of course <laughs> somebody told me, well, they're talking about the winter time once the summer season goes by that we should be a dollar ninety nine We should be at a dollar fifty nine right now. We should be well below two bucks right now, so I six and a half year low, and that's when I was paying a dollar fifty nine a gallon when it was that six and a half year low, so we'll uh and another, I heard of uh, Texas fracking may be in trouble because of the downturn in oil prices. Well, I am sure that the natural gas market thought about that too. When it was natural gas, a unit of natural gas that's traded in these uh, futures market that are there to buy for uh, the companies. Natural gas was trading at $10 per unit, 8 to $10 a unit, two big upticks. And we're now at $2.80. Natural gas is $2.80 right now. It's been in the $2.50 to $3.00 range for a couple of years, two th- almost three years. Did we ever get any stories that the natural gas business was about to have to close up wells? No. They actually did some innovations. They were always creating better mousetraps. They kept up. They were producing it at lower prices. All right, stick around everybody on the Tim Burns Show. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm a 911 dispatcher. One of the resources we use to notify you of a threat to life or property, such as a wildfire, flood, or police action, is the emergency
1: notification service. You need to register your mobile or landline phone so we know what number to call. To find the link to your local service, go to 911colorado.org, that's 911colorado.org. This message is brought to you by the Colorado Broadcasters Association and your local station. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster, I'm making beef sliders for my friend Sandy. Nana taught me to always pull meat off the grill early so it's extra juicy. Use a food thermometer to ensure ground beef is 160 degrees, or you could make people really sick. Sandy didn't think twice about the slider she ate until yoga class, when a nasty case of food poisoning turned her downward-facing dog into upward-moving lunch. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov and learn the steps Maria unwittingly leaves out. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council.
0: Tim Burns for DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. Are you looking for an adoptable pet that's been rescued from abandonment or abuse? You know, there's a lot of different dogs out there. You can get a dog that goes from abandonment and abuse to a cage and then to you. That will never happen at DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. Why? Because they have a great rehabilitation system that helps the animal find who itself is. So I encourage you, anywhere on the front range, if you're looking for a dog, go to DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. Alrighty then, what direction shall we go in here? Of course, I told you I wasn't going to turn on the TV, I wasn't going to turn on the internet, and I was going to try to avoid more details regarding the news that already broke on Hillary, but last night, actually more breaking news. I mean, this just keeps taking a notch up. Uh, if I can get to that, we will. Obviously, it's going to be covered thoroughly. This weekend, on all the political shows, on the Sunday shows, and we'll see what they have to say. I'm going to bet that the usual suspects, the deadheads regarding, well, we'll throw Fox Sunday out, but the CNN, the MSNBC, which they don't even <laughs> they don't even cover relevant on the weekends. This Melissa Harris Perry. She is off in her own world covering stuff you just scratch. I turn it on thinking, okay, what do they have to say about this? (laughs) And they're covering something that is totally not being talked about in the media whatsoever. They're off in their own world. But we'll see exactly if the tact that is taken by the meet the press and the this week with george stepanopoulos and then the cnn show which has jake tapper and you know he's regarded i guess as in the deadhead media as one of the outstanding reporters and journalists in the deadhead media but boy you can catch him going along the same lines as all the rest of them when the time is right so we'll see if we get to this but i wanted to get to Well, Donald Trump, because apparently the establishment Republicans are really, really tired of Donald Trump not going away. I am sure deep in their committee rooms, deep in their thought rooms, up in the upper levels, they're thinking, "Okay, it's only a matter of time. People are going to get tired of him. It's going to wear off. And it just continues well. They kept their mouths relatively silent. Of course, they bashed him right out of the gate. And then they wondered if he was going to lose his momentum and lose steam and disappear because he's, quote, offending people and, well, he's, again, telling it like it is, and he has brought up an issue that never would have been talked about. In fact, I thought I saw a headline yesterday that Scott Walker has put out An immigration plan i didn't get to the story i didn't read the story and perhaps this weekend i'll get to that but the gia here's the headline the gop elites plot to purge trump well they're fed up and they know their next in line candidate which i have no idea who the oh well it's got to be jeb bush right because take trump out of all these polls and jeb bush is usually right near the top although in iowa that's not the case And that was a refreshing. Can you imagine the two leading GOP candidates have never run for office in this Iowa poll? Trump at the top and Carson right behind and then Scott Walker at 9 percent to Carson's 14. And I think Trump was at 22. Well. The establishment is fed up. They're done. They're trying to come up with a game plan. And so what's the first part of that game plan always Well, you put it out in your media outlets. You plant the seeds. And here comes that staunch conservative, George Will, who is promoted on these... Well, of course, when he shows up to the deadhead media, he is pretty conservative compared to the rest of the panel. But compared to actual conservatism, George Will hasn't been on. When it's come to major... Accomplishments, major candidacies, he's always chosen the establishment Republican. You would think George Will, a staunch conservative, probably would have been. He would have recognized through his conservative values, he would have recognized somebody like Ronald Reagan in in the 70s as Ronald Reagan was making his speeches. And trying to get the time of the day from the establishment Republicans, the Rockefeller Republicans back then. Did George Will actually recognize the hunger of the American people at that point for the message that Ronald Reagan was offering? No, it was all about power. He couldn't, he belittled Reagan. He couldn't stand Reagan. He was all about Gerald Ford. And yet, he's touted, 40 years later, he's touted as the one guy we have to rely on for conservative wisdom. There is a plot afoot. This is uh, an article by uh, Pap Buchanan, actually, so I just wanted to (laughs) let you know that so you get a drift, because if you paid attention and you know who Pap Buchanan is, he, uh, well, he's got his takes on things. And so... it's sort of like I'm offering the grain of salt by telling you this is from Pat Buchanan. There is a plot afoot in Washington Post conservative club to purge Trump from the Republican Party before the primaries begin. A political, quote, a political party has a right. This is George Will. A political party has a right to secure its borders, asserts the Post's George Will. A duty to exclude interlopers, Will want the Donald excommunicated and locked out of all GOP debates until he kneels and takes out a loyalty oath to the nominee. Well, what? what if he is the nominee? What if he never loses his support? What does George Will want him to do? Go look in the mirror and kneel down and pay homage to himself? But this does give you an indication when 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 it's crunch time, the real value, just like I've said about Obama, when it's crunch time, he reverts back to his youth and all of that political teaching he got from his mentors who were just filling his chalkboard full of information. Well, same is true with somebody like George Will when it comes to crunch time. He reverts back to who he is, and he is a Rockefeller Republican, an established Republican through and through. Marginalizing Trump carries no risk of alienating a substantial Republican cohort, Will assures us. For these Trumpites are neither Republican nor conservatives. Better off without such trash. That's what George Will thinks about anybody's supporting Donald Trump, liking what, and you may not be a supporter of Donald Trump, but if you get that call, who are you for? I'm for Trump. It may be that you're just so refreshed by somebody telling it like it is and bringing up stuff that none of, well, certainly none of the establishment Republicans would bring up. And we get who George Will really is. In this regard, the Post's Michael Gerson says, quote, establishment Republicans must make clear that Trump has moved beyond the boundaries of serious and civil discourse. He loathes the Trumpites as much as will. Trump's followers are xenophobic. Gerson tells CNN, they have a resentment of outsiders, of Mexico, of China, and immigrants. That's more like a European right-wing party. I'll get to that. But here is the stereotyping. We're used to being stereotyped by the deadhead media and by the liberals. But here you have supposedly conservatives, and they have no problem offending i mean is that their goal it do they really think that they're going to be these people who are supporting trump right now are going to be persuaded by being stereotyped and being told they're not conservative that they're not republican people like george will have lost their mind maybe this has flummoxed them so much that they just, it's, it's so far out of what their traditional thinking is. Their stereotypical thinking is that now they're coming out and they're losing their mind. And a resentment of outsiders of Mexico, of China, and immigrants. That's more like a European right-wing party. Now, what's a European right-wing party? What do you think the reference, the inference here is? European right-wing party. Well, what was a right-wing party? Is this an inference? That if you're a Trump supporter, you're a Nazi? Could be. I mean, is that what they want? You? Are all the Republican establishments reading this article and getting a super laugh about how cute Michael Gerson is to label people such as this? And I thought the liberals had no class regarding labeling and stereotyping and making sure that you know that that person... I mean, we know Bill Clinton was an expert at this. Gathering a group of people, pointing out their plight in life, and pointing to another group and saying, it's your fault. It's their fault for your plight in life. Here we have the Republicans, the establishment Republicans, trying to accomplish the same thing. Well... If they're as good as, uh, and they never have been, this is they're going to fall flat on their face because of this. This is, this is really, really dumb. But it's who they are. We get to see in full color exactly where the Republicans, that's why you haven't heard this until now. Because they thought Donald Trump and this whole idea of Trump running for president was going to fall flat on his face. And they are shocked that he's still standing. And they must even be more shocked that the two leading candidates have nothing What's The two leading poll candidates in Iowa, Trump and Ben Carson, have never run for office. That must stun them. So instead of trying to actually evaluate the landscape and say, is this a changing landscape? Are people hungry for the issues we aren't stuffing down their throats? Are they hungry for issues that really, instead of being in the Washington political world and those type of issues, actually are issues concerning, first and foremost, the survival of America, perhaps. So, isn't that good to know that you Trump supporters Or anybody who likes Trump right now, whether they voted in the poll or not, anybody who likes the fresh, the fact that this is so nice and refreshing, aren't you glad that you're almost being called a Nazi in this regard? You want to talk about off? They just are off. The beaten path. They are lost. They are so deep into Washington establishment ways and the power to control the, that they've, they make statements like this. So, uh, but if the GOP has no room for Trump followers, it has no future. This is back to Pat Buchanan. Well, out of all that, that's probably And I've talked about it. You know, 160 years ago, there was political evolution. A Republican Party platform, the first Republican Party platform, not counting the Jefferson Republican Party. He was a Republican. In history, they called them the Jeffersonian Republicans. And the historians actually relabeled it and put Democratic slash Republican But when Jefferson started the first Republican Party, it was called the Republican Party. Well, that disappeared by the wayside and reemerged in 1856, the first platform the grassroots movement was to abolish slavery. Four years later, they had a president. This grassroots movement, this do the right thing that the American people that was being ignored by Washington, just the same thing that's being ignored now, accountability and responsibility in government, is being ignored. That's the grassroots movement that's out there as, caps, uh, as encapsulated by the Tea Party movement. Taxed enough already. Accountability, balanced budgets. Get control of our spending. Accountability and responsibility is the grassroots movement. And obviously, just by reading what George Will is talking about, they want to go on their merry way, being just like Democrats. Is political evolution, a we the people revolution, a constitutional solution at hand? I hope so because it doesn't look like a Republican party unless an outsider can get a hold from a leadership point of view and reignite the traditions of our Republican fathers as they're called for there simply aren't that many Chamber of Commerce and Country Club Republicans. And that's how Pat Buchanan ended (laughs) the story. Well, yes, those establishment Republicans are becoming more and more elite, elitist, and smaller in number. I think that's the point that Pat Buchanan was trying to make. Well, shall we bang away on a little bit of Hillary stuff? Let's see how far we can get through this. I think I'm going to try and do this really, really fast. Two articles. One of them came from the Daily Mail. And the Observer, it had a New York address and a New York phone number. But I think the Observer, I saw real estate wanted, and it was from Britain. So they must have dual offices, United States, because the Observer, of. Observer I had always thought was a UK newspaper. Here's the two headlines. The, the countless crimes of Hillary Clinton, special prosecutor needed now. Do you think any of our deadhead media would ever put that up in a headline? Well, I read you the headlines from the deadhead media. And it, had, it was so far off the beaten path from that kind of a headline. Hillary finally hands over her server after it's been professionally wiped clean. This is the next level that it's attained. All right, stick around for the final segment of the Tim Burns Show here on 810 KLVZ. Tim Burns for Nominal Exhibit Services. The convention business is big business. Why? Because big business is done at these conventions. 20%, 40%, half the business for the entire year can be done at these conventions. If it's time for your company to step up and you just don't know where to start, I encourage you to call Nominal Exhibit Services. Not one company does it all, but one company takes care of all the logistics, and that's Nominal Exhibit Services. Call them at 303-901-9090.
1: Hey, John, what's up? Hey, Dave. I'm going to get Sue something from this really cool jewelry website. What's the special occasion? There isn't one, but I was talking to Hank, and he said he went to JT Jewelry and got Jill something. And funny story, he was watching a movie and heard the line, the key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time. He goes to JT Jewelry and not only got her a pair of earrings, he got her a pendant too. He gives her the earrings, and she loved them. A few minutes later, he gives her the pendant and tells her, let's go to the jewelry store and get fitted into a necklace that's... It's just the way you want it. He got her two pieces of jewelry? (laughs) Yeah, he said the prices were so good he couldn't resist. But the story gets better. They went to a company outing and the boss's wife saw the pendant and just loved it. Jill was a hit of the party. That must have made him feel good. Good. Hank said the night might have been even better than his wedding night. (laughs) What's that website again? (laughs) JT-Jewelry.com
0: All right, welcome back for the final stretch of the Tim Burns show. Uh, obviously the Democrats are up in arms thinking Queen Hillary was going to be no challengers coming whatsoever. We've we everybody should know by now. Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire is up by seven, 44 to 37. O'Malley is pulling his hair out thinking this is lunacy. The fact that we are not even going to this is how much the establishment Democrats want Hillary Clinton. The DNC has six planned debates and they have a a rule that they're trying to implement because there have been debates outside of the Democratic or Republican structures. People have, look at all the ones, the Republican debates four years ago, uh, as far, uh, three years ago with Mitt Romney and uh, 23, more than that, debates and it just i mean there was a debate every three days it seemed well uh bernie sanders said he's really disappointed with the debate schedule while former maryland governor and he's not tracking too much as far as polling numbers he's one to two percent martin o'malley called it unprecedented and outrageous And his quote was, the DNC may threaten to keep somebody out of a future debate, but that's not their job. In fact, the DNC wants to go and limit any kind of debates that are outside the realm. So if Bernie Sanders shows up to his uh, grandson's school board meeting and somebody asks him a question and Bernie gives an answer and they get into a debate, what are they going to do? Penalize Bernie Sanders telling me he can't run for president. <laughs> I tell you, the people, uh, these parties, and the power that they want to put over the, the fact that they want the game plan, the roadmap, the way they see it. Well, obviously, somebody like the Republican establishment, they have no understanding of. <laughs> of a redevelopment of a roadmap. So, as George Will states, it's time to get Trump out. It's time to shame him, apparently. Oh, that's going to work, George. And again, (laughs) I can't wait to see the next speech that Donald Trump gets. He's going to have a security crew that's going to be hungry to beat up some people. I, I got a real kick out of Donald Trump saying, if anybody comes and tries to take over my podium, he's referencing Bernie Sanders letting that podium being taken over by the Black Lives Matter spokespeople. He said that proves that Bernie Sanders is weak. He said somebody tries to do that on my podium, either I'm going to kick their ass. Boy, I wonder if I should have said that. Or I'm going to have a crew do that to it. Uh Pardon my reference there, but hey, I'm just quoting Donald Trump. They didn't blip him when he said it. (laughs) All right, so we've got the countless crimes of Hillary Clinton. Special prosecutor needed now. Hillary finally hands over a server after it's been professionally wiped clean. And I just liked the two paragraphs that started. This was a long article, but I'm going to read these two paragraphs because they really have a good flow, a poetic flow to them. After years of holding herself above the law, telling lie after lie and months of flat out obstruction, Hillary Clinton has finally produced to the FBI her server and three thumb drives. Apparently, the server has been professionally wiped clean of any usable information and the thumb drives contain only what she selectively called myriad criminal offenses apply to this conduct anyone with knowledge of government workings has known from inception that hillary's communications necessarily would contain classified and national security related information thanks to the inspector general of not the state department Thanks to the Inspector General of the for the intelligence community, it is now beyond dispute that she had ultra top secret information and more that should have never left the State Department. You know they uh, talk about commingling funds in in financial institutions. Uh oh, we're a little short on this end. Let's just commingle our funds with this end and make the the books all balance out. Well, that's what she was doing with her communications. She was commingling all of her communications. I read you that part regarding all of the Clinton Foundation email business was going through those servers. That is exactly why she wanted her own at Clinton.com server. Because she was commingling her power, her position, Bill's political clout, and using all of that. To put hundreds of millions of dollars in their pocket and the trade-off, the payoff for anybody who's either hiring Clinton to do a speech or donating to the Clinton Foundation is Bill's political skill, his clout, he'll show you which door to walk through and he'll actually show you how to walk through that door. Another article from the other article is an exclusive tech company maintained Hillary's secret server. They were sued for illegally accessing database and stealing White House military advisors' phone numbers. Oh, my. You mean Hillary didn't know that that server company she hired to tend to her email system? She didn't know that they might have not been on the up-and-up? Well, maybe that's why she did hire them, because she said, now those are the kind of people I like doing business with. I'm corrupt, and it looks like they're corrupt. We should be perfect partners in this regard. Platte River Networks was used by Clinton to maintain homebrew server in her New York state house which held her State Department emails. She handed over the server and thumb drive this week after emails were found to contain, quote, above-top secret material. Her White House campaign is said to be in panic over the growing scandal which comes out of the probe into U.S. diplomats, diplomats' deaths in Benghazi. The campaign... Or is it her aides who might be in a panic? Is there a John Dean in here? Is there somebody who actually, like I mentioned yesterday, physically took top secret off the paperwork and then sent it? Is that why Hillary confidently says, I didn't send it? Because right before I sent it, I told that aide to take that off so I could feel good about sending something that didn't say classified or top secret. Is there somebody? under the threat of jail, who might be, well, who might have the opportunity to become immunized and actually tell this whole story? Do you think this might be important? I hope so. Well, I didn't really want to end the whole week on a Hillary note, so why don't we do this? Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week. Be safe out there. Don't forget to visit Timburnshow.com and tell someone you love about the Tim Burns Show.